Hey all, my name is Brian Baird. Welcome to my program called Truth is Truth. The program is a faith-based podcast. I will be discussing biblical truth, biblical faith, biblical faith in politics, and many of my life experiences relating to both, and hopefully experiences of others who are willing to be involved. This will be an evolving life application program that people will be able to apply to their lives every day as it pertains to them. Please join me as we learn the truth together. Thank you, and God bless. Hey all, Brian Baird here, host of Truth is Truth podcast, back again for another episode. Um, the day after, actually, I just released a really, really long episode, so my voice is just a little tired. Um, been up doing uh, some research and doing some things, so um, wanted to get this next episode done and out uh, so I can start working on some other things and uh, as I take a break here from my uh, job as commissioner for a couple of weeks. Um, I had told you that I was going to give you an episode about stories of uh, some animals in my life that uh, actually changed my life. God changed my life through these animals uh, and did a, a bunch of uh, work in me. Uh, so I want to talk to you about that. And I, I know uh, we went away from that and went into a podcast uh, involving the uh, the mask uh, mandate that was around. But I want to get back to what I, I really enjoy doing and what God has really called me to do. And that's telling you these stories of of life that uh, uh, God has put me through. Uh, God has done a lot of work in my life. I needed a lot of work done in my life. Um so I've been through a lot of stuff. I've been through many, many things, uh, miracles, uh, bad things, good things. Um, but they were all good in the end. And that's when we say God is good all the time, that is truth. God does things or allows things to be done in our life. He does things in our life and he allows things to be done in our life to bring us to where we need to be for him, not for us, for him. And God thinks of only our good. So as we go into this, understand what God's doing in my life is for good. It's for the good of his, his call, his will, um, and what he wants me to be in my life. And he's moving me to, more toward him through those things. So uh, I just praise God uh, for his grace and mercy and allowing me to serve him and allowing me the blessing of doing these podcasts. Uh, what an awesome God we have uh, every day. Uh, my God is an awesome God. I know some will probably question my sanity. Some already have. Um, sometimes I question my sanity uh, and some will probably question my understanding of life and life ever after once this podcast is released. But I know in my heart that what I say is truth, uh, for me and the truth to me is from what God has given me in this life. And I truly believe that in eternity that I will in some way be used of God to accomplish something very special for him and truly believe it will be somewhere in teaching or training some of God's creation in what form, I don't know, um, but I know I will be used to accomplish something for God that is within my passion. Why do I believe this? Uh, because I believe that my God, the one and only true living God and creator of all things, loves me enough to allow me this blessing with his awesomeness and his grace and his mercy uh, in his creation and his love for his creation, which is why I truly believe, and I know this goes against a lot of uh, uh, some of the things we've been taught, but I truly believe that uh, these dogs that I have loved so much and that God had put, has put into my life. I truly believe that I will see them again in heaven. And that's my right to be able to think that way. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, but I just don't think so. Uh, I think God put these dogs uh, in my life for a reason. With that out of the way, let's get started. 
I want to give you some background uh, on a saved man that was saved by grace at 16. This teenager was saved by Jesus Christ, but that salvation was set up by a great lady that loved God with all she was. That lady who I call Grandma Baird was my father's mother and not only set the stage for his salvation, but also mine. I stayed with Grandma Baird much for two years after my grandfather Baird passed away. She was a beautiful person who loved God with all she was, the way it should be. Uh, she would fix me breakfast every morning before I left for school, and she would openly pray for me and read scripture prior to us eating. She was setting the stage for the Holy Spirit to prick my heart, even though I was not a terrible person, but a sinful teenager regardless. All that said, as I have said previous, I was saved at the age of 16, but didn't walk with the Lord until I was 22, which my lovely wife Beth had a lot to do with. God has a plan for all of us if we look to him, honestly look to him. When I was a young man in my mid-twenties, I was not what I would call a caring person. I was saved, but just didn't care about people or any of God's creation that much. I was a very hard worker and worked hard to support my family, but more out of duty than care. I knew God wanted me to supply support for my family, but again, did it more out of the responsibility of duty. This went on for a period of years until God allowed my heart to be broken and softened. I came to truly love and care about my wife, children, and parents, but that was about the center and only focus of my concern for that time and for several years. This was all to change. We had a couple of Labrador Retrievers, labs as we call them, that I got that I was going to train for bird hunting and never had the time to actually do it. These two dogs bred and had a litter of pups in the winter of 1991. The mother of the litter accepted a couple of the litter, but rejected the rest. A couple of them died before we found them, and we took four of them into our house, and Beth and my very young daughter took care of them like children. After being bottle-fed every two hours for many, many days and weeks, they miraculously lived, and we gave three of them to people we knew, and Beth wanted to keep one of them. The one she kept was a black lab with a white blaze on his chest, so she named him Laser. Laser, since he was raised by my wife, didn't realize that he was a canine. He pretty much thought he was a person. Uh, I didn't know that this canine was going to change my life drastically and set me up for what God had for me, another stage of what God had for me in my life. And I really didn't pay much attention to Laser at first and didn't realize the change it was making in my life until later in his life. I did all I could not to get attached to this dog, but God had other plans for Laser and me. My wife Beth loved this dog dearly, even as probably one of her own children. When Laser was 12, he started struggling to breathe, and we took him to the veterinarian. We found out he had stomach cancer, and the cancer tumor was putting pressure on his lungs. Uh, we went home and started discussing what to do, but things went south quickly. Within about three days, as I remember, he was struggling to take a single breath. So I picked him up and uh, loaded him in the, the back of our car, and we went back to the vet. An x-ray was done. We found out that the cancer had grown so quickly that Laser was not going to live but a few hours to a couple of days. We decided we did not want that to continue and to watch him suffer. So we chose to have him put to sleep, which is what the vet felt was the right thing to do for him. Let me say here, the biggest reason I cared about Laser was that Beth loved this dog as she did her own children. She was crazy about him, and he was crazy about her. She was the only mother he ever had. Dogs do love. You will never convince me they don't. I watched this relationship. 
anyway, we decided to go ahead and have laser uh, put to sleep while we were there. It was the second hardest decision I would ever have to make to this day in my life. The vet took us to a private area in the back of the office and started the process of injecting our laser. Folks, I'm going to struggle here, and I just want you to know that up front. But if I don't record this, I'll never get it done, and I'll never get through it without reacting. So I'm going to continue on. With Laser's head in Beth's lap, he seemed to go away peacefully. But Beth let out a scream. And a wail in a way that changed my life. Oh, how she loved our laser. We left him there as we did not have the strength to bring him home and bury him. I cried for the first time in real pain in my life. I know this sounds strange, but I didn't cry just for laser. I cried for Beth. I had never seen her react like this since we had known each other. This was the first time I had experienced her pain in this way. It was ground-quaking and emotionally shaking her and me to our souls. We had several dogs before laser, but not that affected my life so much. We decided to not have a dog again, but that wasn't what God was going to allow in our lives, or my life anyway. There are three things that God used to get my attention in the next few years after laser. It seemed as the memory of laser and the sight and sound of Beth's scream started fading from my immediate memory that I backpedaled somewhat back into my previous attitude of not caring as much for all of God's creation as I should. There was a happening prior to the next phase of God getting me to do his will in my life that I will tell at a later time. You could say that I was a slow learner. This next happening was actually the third and final phase of this lesson. The next dog's family members, as I call them, was God dealing with me in a way that took me to my maximum level of humbling. There's one of the next canines that would stand out as the next attention-getting, soul-shaking experience that would seal the deal in what God had for me, along with the intermingling of two others, which was the ultimate lesson in caring and love. My wife and I had started doing school programs in 2003 for the Johnson County Sheriff's Office at the request of Sheriff Terry McLaughlin at that time. I had been involved in school programs years earlier, and Sheriff McLaughlin was familiar with those. He asked me to come back as a sheriff's deputy and start them in a different format than previous. Sheriff McLaughlin had much foresight and concern for our kids and moved on it. The second happening was in that regard, and I will tell that story soon. Folks, there are miracles in God putting a plan to my life, and nothing is out of the reach of God. Again, what we call miracles is just another moment for God, a blinking of the eye for him. We started out using the McGruff school programs and then decided to write and produce our own programs, which my daughter was the brains behind. She basically wrote and produced the programs that are still being used today in the schools. Beth and I had the concept. Renee, my daughter, had the ability and the talent to bring our concept to life. She was an amazing teacher before becoming a stay-at-home mother and is now helping me with my podcast. I could not accomplish these podcasts without several people, my wife, my daughter, Emily Mills, and my brother, Brett. These are really smart, God-loving people. Anyway, that's another podcast coming soon. 
Beth, in October of 2005, 10 months after the loss of our laser, not to my knowledge, decided to go to our vet's office and look at a list that was always there of dogs needing homes. The list was small, but an employee there told her about a white boxer that he had left from a previous breeding of his dogs. He gave her a picture of the boxer, but again, I wasn't privy to all this until we saw the employee at a restaurant a couple weeks later after she was at the vet's office. He asked her if she had uh, made a decision about the dog. Again, I was not much interested, but she was. She told him to bring the dog to the office, and they set a date, which happened to be on a day we were taking our son back to Rose Holman from fall break, I think. We stopped by the vet's office on the way, and the employee met us in the parking lot with the boxer. This pup jumped in my wife's arms and licked her face. It was done over and predetermined by God to be our newest family member. I did not even think about standing in the way, folks. In fact, we were given the insight by God to use this canine in our school programs, which was the catalyst to take our programs to the next level. The kids absolutely took to this dog and loved him dearly. My son, who witnessed the uniting that day uh, with my wife, wrote about it in his senior year project, and here's a quote from that. My mother instantly fell in love with the dog, and I instantly hated him. He was so ugly that I almost felt sorry for him, so maybe that is why my mom liked him. He also wrote this story about an incident that happened shortly after uh, we got the dog. The last sentence in his story was, that dog ain't right. This was probably the best description of this dog. We took our son to Rose home and picked up the boxer on our way home. I wasn't sure what to think at the time, but figured Beth was the one who was going to be home with the dog and take care of him, so let it be. I didn't pay much attention to Ruger for the first little bit until the incident. And that's the same incident that my son talked about in his senior project. But that incident set off the awkward relationship with him and me. One morning, not too long after we got Ruger, I can't bring that time frame back from my storage in my brain. He wasn't very old, though. Anyway, we put Ruger in his pen and went to church as we always did. But this Sunday was different. Just a little bit into the service, I got a sense that I needed to go home. I will say here, I did not have a clue why, but something told me to go home. Something was wrong. I looked at Beth and said, I need to go home. Something is wrong. She just looked at me with a look of, you're a really strange person, but didn't object. When I got to the house, I went in and heard Ruger whining. I thought he was hurt or something. I opened the door and he shot by me like a rocket. I remember looking at him and thinking he was hurt. His butt was almost dragging the ground. But evidently, that was going to be how he ran, even as he got older. I looked at the cage and saw that the door was basically ripped off. Uh, the next thing I saw fired me up big time. Ruger had destroyed our bedroom. He had ripped the wood blinds down, chewed the pillows, bedding, knocked furniture over, and even chewed the cordon to on the nightstand lamp. It honestly looked like a tornado had gone through our bedroom. I lost it. I went out of the room, and I was going to kill this dog. I'm just telling you the truth. I was in his zone. I saw him as I came out of the room and started after him, not thinking about anything but catching him. And let me say here, I was young, strong, and quick at that time. I chased that dog all over the house, screaming and yelling that I was going to kill him when I caught him. I'm not sure how long I chased the dog, but I never caught him. Breathing hard and thinking I was going to have a heart attack, I sat down on the stairs in our house. I sat there for just a few minutes, and God did something to my heart. I broke out laughing, 
and imaging what it looked and sounded like as I chased this little white boxer around the house like a crazed maniac. I laughed so hard that I started to cry. God had me where he wanted me. After I cleared the tears from my eyes, I looked back through the open stairs to see Ruger slowly, almost crawling toward me with the look of fear in his eyes. He was panting heavy but kept moving toward me. When he got a few feet away from me, he sat down and just stared at me. Right then and there, God broke my heart and me. I looked straight into Ruger's eyes, and he looked straight into mine for what seemed like a long, long time. I said two words to this dog, hey, buddy, which is what I called Ruger from that day forward. His ears came up, and he jumped directly into my lap and started licking me in the face, which I never allowed any dog to do before, by the way. I fell in love with that dog right then and there. I hugged him and pet on him for quite a while. I do not remember a bunch after this about the rest of that day or even what I did to repair the damage. But I know I did uh, because this is what I do. I fix things. My point is that God changed me and fixed a part of my heart that needed fixed that day. That started a special relationship with this dog and also started the process of me caring about all of God's creation, people, animals, the earth, and even cats to a point. To be blunt honest, though, there are days that I love animals more than people. Before you think I'm crazy or worse, let me tell you why. Ruger loved me from that special day forward like no person had ever loved me, in my mind anyway, except for my wife. He loved me with no strings attached, pure unconditional love. From that day forward, this friend would do anything I asked him to do if I could make him understand what I wanted. I would tell this dog everything going on in my life, and he would always look at me right in the eye. And listen, I told him things I wouldn't tell anyone else. We became friends, and he became very special in my life, and in many kids' lives that he touched as he became the mascot for our school program at eight months old. That is how good that dog was. I had teachers that would watch me take Ruger through the hallways, and we would do special things like sneak and be quiet while we were in the hallways. They noticed that he always watched me and was looking at my eyes and listening to every word that I said. They wouldn't even ask me if I could take their dogs for a few weeks and train them, and sometimes they would ask me if I could train their kids, and that was really funny. I told them that I thought that the way that Ruger watched me and looked me in the eyes was the reason he was able to do these special things. It was nothing I did. It was God and a special friend that God used to bring me where he wanted me at the time. God put me through more than this, but this was the easiest thing that I was to go through as God placed me where he wanted me. Ruger went on to be the best thing that happened to our school programs. He gained the kids' love, and knowing they, they would get to see him kept their attention on our programs. I became known as Ruger's cop. They didn't remember my name, but they remembered that Ruger came with us. Beth helped train Ruger in search and recovery, and he became a working canine for the Johnson County Sheriff's Office. He was amazing, and him and Beth became talented partners. There wasn't anything this dog couldn't find. The day that Beth and Ruger became certified for search and recovery was amazing. This podcast would go on forever if I told you about the eight years of this special friend's life. I will bring this to a conclusion by giving you the special, special, and very painful story of Ruger's passing. Even this, in this heart-shattering period of time, God showed me the purpose of this friend's life. Ruger started becoming very tired and often would just lay down for a few minutes or even fall asleep at a school, which was just not Ruger. We took him to the vet and found out he had a very aggressive form of cancer. 
We had heard that word before, and I went into a fog of disbelief. He was only eight years old. How could this be? We went to a couple of different veterinarians to try to get a different answer or a different result or a different solution. I would not accept the determination that Ruger had only a few months to live. The first vet we went to him gave him six months at the best. The route we chose was a new treatment that was not painful and we would not have uh, to leave Ruger for treatments. He would be treated at home. This treatment might give him up to a year. Remember, I still did not believe he was going to die. I just didn't accept that. Anyway, we started the treatments and saw a little bit of improvement in him. I was hopeful. The drug he took made him very, very thirsty. I hated watching that. There's much more as this process progressed, but again, for the sake of time, I will fast forward. I need to tell you here this quick little fact, though, to set up the next and final part of this podcast. Once Ruger and I became bonded, this dog was always at the door when I went out of it to go to work or wherever without him. He always wanted to go, and he was always at the door when I came home. When I got home late uh, afternoon on December 24, 2013, Ruger was not at the door. Beth was in the garage entry as I came in and I asked her where he was. She told me that he was in his bed and couldn't get up. This was almost six months to the day after we were given the diagnosis. I went straight to the bedroom to see him and lay down with him and loved on him. He responded, but I knew he didn't feel well at all. He wouldn't eat. I had to give him water from my hand. I went to McDonald's and got him his favorite meal, which was a McDouble. He absolutely loved them. I hand-fed it to him, and he ate it. We were having our Christmas Eve get-together with our kids and Beth's family, so I was half involved with this, but mostly spent time with Ruger in our room. I had to carry him out to use the bathroom and actually had to hold him up while he urinated. The cancer had gotten into his marrow, and he was stiffening up. The Christmas Eve event finally ended, and our focus went directly on Ruger. We went to bed late, and I couldn't sleep at all. I kept listening to Ruger breathe and prayed that God would heal him. I needed one of those miracles that I had gotten used to. I moved down to the floor with Ruger and just prayed and loved on him. After watching Laser be put to sleep and the pain that was experienced by us, I did not want to have Ruger put it to sleep that way. Little did I know that Beth would be praying for Ruger to die naturally so as not to have to do that. Somewhere around 4.30 a.m. in the morning, I decided uh, we had to take him to the emergency doctor and have him put to sleep. He was not doing well, and I couldn't watch this for him anymore. I loved him too much. We got in touch with the emergency vet and prepared to leave. I got a piece of plywood and lifted Ruger and his bed into it. Ruger was so stiff in his joints now that he was unable to move at all. We got him into the back of our squad, our canine squad, the Durango. As we got close to the squad, Ruger actually raised his head and tried to get up. This, as I would later realize, was Ruger getting his second wind before he left this earth. I pet him and told him to rest. Beth got into the back with him to keep him company and comfort him. About 12 minutes or so into this trip, Beth told me to pull over because Ruger was dying. I pulled over as quickly as I could, got out as quickly as I could, opened the back door just in time to see him pass. My God, was that painful. I finally really understood Beth's pain at the passing of Laser. I still couldn't believe he was dead. 
I thought to myself, how good could God let this happen? Ruger served us his whole life, giving himself completely without regard to himself at all. He had done a school program eight or nine days before he died. That is how dedicated he was to us and the kids. We didn't know what to do. He was gone. We sat there for a little bit and just stared into space. We finally decided to call a Christian-owned place in Columbus to have him cremated. This all happened very quickly, and we were totally in a fog. Beth called the place, and they answered. We asked if we could bring him straight there, and they said yes. They were really good, caring Christian people. We took him down there, and I carried him aside to the preparation table. I hugged him. Well, I don't know, but I hugged him, and I cried over him for a few minutes. I kept apologizing for bothering them on a holiday and taking up their time. We left and headed home trying to get a grip on this whole thing. There's so much more to this story that I do not have the time nor the strength to tell. Ruger was like a human to me as far as my feelings toward him. I loved him like I would a best friend. It is probably sad to admit, but other than Beth, he was absolutely my best friend at that time. I questioned why God allowed this to happen for a long, long time but finally got it and fully understand it today. It is still very painful to tell this story, but it is what God has given me to share. There's so much more that I've come to understand through this, and God in his grace and mercy has opened my eyes and heart to all of it. I still cry every time I tell this story, and honestly still cry quite often when I see his cremation box. Ruger and another dog we have lost, Bert, who was my Ruger replacement, are on what I call my wall of honor. I will take a picture of my wall of honor sometime and ask my daughter to post it on the podcast page. With that said, I will close. I'm wore out, and I have probably wore you out with this if you listen to it all. The point I want to close with is this. God does all things for those who are his for their good, and I now get that. Sometimes we have to go through storms to understand who God is in our life and what he wants for us in our lives. We just need to listen, learn, and understand what he is telling us. I will tell you one more canine story after I tell you another story I call the arduous snake. I will also be telling you another miraculous story shortly that involves my wife and the school programs, which leads to the story of Benny. I hope you stay tuned as I think these will be a blessing to you. If you want to see more about Ruger and what we did in the schools, you can go to the Johnson County Sheriff's Office website or go to brianbairdonline.com. That's brianbairdonline.com, and that will tell you more about it. On my website, I told a short story of another side of the Ruger story in the 2014 December newsletter. If you go there, I think you might find it interesting. And as we end, and I close with this, my great friend Ruger passed away on December 25th, 2013, at the age of eight years. He died while serving the community as a member of the Johnson County Sheriff's Office's Search and Recovery Canine Unit and school mascot. <clears throat> he died in the back of the canine squad vehicle where he loved to be because it meant he was going to be with us and see kids. And he died in the parking lot of the place we got him, Briarcrest Veterinary Clinic. God meant for this to happen just as it did to teach teach me and to show me his will in my life. Ruger is still sorely missed. This was all God's grace and mercy in my life. It was a very different Christmas day for Beth and me, but honestly, it was much more focused on Christ 
at least for me, praise God. There's not been a Christmas day since that I haven't missed him. And I understand that uh, in that, that God shows me that for a reason. My Christmases are more focused on Christ and what it's meant to be today than they ever been before uh, when it was all about gifts and this and dinner and that. And um, Today my Christmases are about Christ and Christ only. Being with my family, telling them about Christ, um, celebrating what Christmas is supposed to be, and that is the birth of Christ, our Lord and Savior, the one and only true living God. And I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you and those of you who uh, hopefully feel the same way I do about God's creation today. You will understand. I know you will. I know you understand my pain and my heartache. Um, Even this many years later, um, it's hard to believe that it's 2020 and I still miss that dog crazy every day. But I hope you'll listen again. I've got some great stories coming up I think you'll like. Uh, the Arduous Snake is actually a, a dream that I had uh, that God put in my dreams for a reason, and I want to tell you that story. Uh, and then many others. So I hope you you stay with me and um, through the things that I have witnessed in my life uh, with God and uh, running away from God or trying. Um, I think they'll be a great teaching tool for you and, and maybe – Uh, something you can tell others about. But anyway, I hope you'll listen again. Uh, God bless, and please remember, God is good all the time, not just because he does good things, but because he is God. Thanks for listening, guys. And again, I apologize for uh, the struggle to get through this, but I did get through it, and praise God that I did. Hopefully I'll see you next time, or you'll be listening next time. And uh, with that said, be of good cheer. Look up. The Lord's going to return soon. File.